0: Hello and welcome to Season 1, Episode 29 of Alice in Wonderland. I'm Vic Philipson in a bright and sunny Kristiansand, Norway.
1: And I'm Alice and I am two hours away from my home in the Atlas Mountains, so I'm on the road in Morocco.
0: You made it! How did it go? How did it finish up?
1: Whoa! I made it! (laughs) I have walked the entire length. From Nador to Gergerat, which is fantastic. So, yes, I've walked the length of Morocco. Uh, I mean, it seems extraordinary because I finished on Tuesday and we're Thursday now. So it's one of those, it hasn't really sunk in yet Mm -hmm. feelings. Um, But the ending was amazing. I have to say I had a fantastic end of expedition.
0: Tell about that. Where were you?
1: Okay, so the expedition ended at Dardave, which is the um, hotel owned by Jean-Pierre Dachary, who organized my expedition. I've talked about him many Mm -hmm. times. And the thing about Jean-Pierre is that he knows how to do things really, really well. And he loves surprises. And he makes a massive... Effort. I've never actually met someone who makes so much effort. It's really a fantastic quality in him, um, and you know, it showed all through the expedition. He's always been working for the good of the expedition to make sure that we have every chance of success. The fact that we've actually walked through Corona in Morocco in this crisis is really down to him keeping the government off our backs. He's just done the most amazing job.
0: Yeah, that is amazing.
1: It is, it is. And we can talk about that more. But the real thing now is the ending. He finished off with a massive bang and a wallop. (laughs) So I didn't know anything about it. But um, two nice things were going to happen. The British ambassador, the new British ambassador, Simon Martin, and his wife, Sophie, uh, decided that they would give me some kind of like proper, it's really nice, some government support, I guess, some British support. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so they drove all the way down from Rabat to meet me at the end and to walk for the last day. So that was one kind of lovely thing because it's very nice to get that recognition, you know. And it's it's it was like three days for Simon because it's a day's drive down and a dra- day's drive back from Rabat. So it was a big effort. Um, so they arrived at the Bivouac first thing in the morning at about 10 o'clock. And, we you know, we'd left things up so they could see how we operated and then we mm-hmm. got going and the last day we started off walking at the dam of gold which is where i'd finished the last one so we're walking you know on the banks through these these swathes of green plants with the water glinting under the sunlight it was absolutely gorgeous then across a bit of a desert plateau we saw a massive heron as well i mean enormous <laughs> it was about half my height um apparently they can take your finger off if you get too close we did oh, okay. Hello, <laughs> no. um, then we entered the outskirts of Warsaw. Now, fortunately, Jean Pierre is on one of the sides that we could go in through the actual oasis. Mm-hmm. So, we went into Warsaw, and there's a large citadel, an old kala, a castle, a qasr. And we were met there by a delegation from the city, and um, greeted and shown around the citadel <laughs> as a kind of you know, just for us and also for the ambassador. And we walked (laughs) our camels in under the gate of the Citadel. So absolutely fantastic. It was like something out of a film set, really. Mm -hmm. And then we had a little reception with some orange juice and some cakes. And then we continued our walk through the palm gardens, the palmerite. And, you know, seeing the camels in within the palm trees with the sun streaming through and going past all the people. they didn't know what was happening. It was really lovely. We passed a huge football match at one point and they all just went crazy. They were like, what's going on? There's camels.
0: And we're back. Alice is on a flat (laughs) stone in a field beside the road now.
1: (laughs) I am. (laughs) Yeah. Sorry about that. We we, we were the victims of signal because I'm actually driving home and, um, it can get a bit dodgy on some parts of the road.
0: Anyway, you took so, the camels past the football game, and everybody we went, look at the camels. Then what happened?
1: They did. Well, what happened next? Was, so we, imagine the scene. It is dusk. The light is golden. It's one of those lights where you can see the dust floating magically through the air. <laughs> We've come out of these beautiful palm groves, and we're walking through on a dirt road to a very traditional red brick village kind of flanked by romantic kasbahs. it's gorgeous and then suddenly a minibus rocks up and out of it spill a traditional amazir berber band dressed in i know dressed in green and blue and yellow jalabas wearing the traditional yellow slippers which are to denote a celebration Mm -hmm. all men with their little hats on and they were, um, the instruments were drums and a two meter long brass horn. <laughs> and basically they started playing and drumming and dancing and all the women came out. We were all wearing masks, but I have to tell you that social distancing went out the window. Oh
0: no! All the okay. women came
1: in. Well, That's all, all right. the women came out of the houses, all the kids lined up because we're, we're kind of, uh, the the road is a bit down and there's like a bank all the kids were on top of the bank dancing and clapping and the women were ululating and we're dancing our way along the road with the camels in a state of some shock I have to say they're like what's going on but it was so lovely (laughs) And we arrived. So this went on for about 10 minutes. And and by the time we got to Dardaif we had a massive crowd with us. And everybody was so excited to see the camels, to hear the music, and also just a bit of life in this horrible, horrible time of corona that has affected everybody.
0: Everyone.
1: Mm -hmm. to see something positive and fun and joyous. So we arrive at Dardeif and it's very traditional. It's Dardeif has just reopened that day that we arrived. And we arrived to be met by one of the beautiful young girls who works there. And she offered me the traditional welcome, which is a bowl of milk and a date. Okay. And so... <laughs> yeah, it's lovely. So and believe you, I mean I love <laughs> love milk. So <laughs> I had this lovely cold milk and this fresh juicy date because it's actually date harvesting season at the moment. Mm-hmm. Um, the traditional welcome. And then we went into Dardave, all of us uh, parked the camels up about three houses away. All of us went in and we had a massive party with like little pizzas and cakes and juice for everybody, avocado juice and orange juice and mango juice. And all the kids were there for all the people that worked in Dardé, who brought their kids along and the parents. And we were—it was in the open courtyard, so again there were safety measures in place. We all kept our masks on, but we were all dancing the the Amazir equivalent of a conga, all <laughs> in and out of the trees, the bougainvillea, around the fountains. It was so much fun. It really, really was.
0: Oh, what a great ending! That's fantastic. It,
1: It was so lovely. And that was all down to Jean-Pierre. He'd done it as a surprise. And because in the days, in the olden days, when a caravan arrived home from going, you know, down to West Africa, down to Mali or to Senegal to trade or Mauritania, when it arrived back home, the whole village would turn out with musicians and with celebratory food. So that's exactly what we did.
0: I see. Well, Well, you had the camels.
1: And we had the camels. It was, it was just so nice. And I mean, You know, we were all, obviously, we are all a bit, we were all exhausted, the truth is, me and Brahim and Adi and Ali. But it really lifted our spirits and it made the pain of parting and of the end of the expedition a lot easier because we were able to truly celebrate. And I just thought, you know, after all his efforts in this really hard time, imagine being working, imagine your business being a hotel and a tour agency. Yeah. It's so difficult, and yet Jean-Pierre had taken the time and the generosity to make a big party for everybody. Everybody was invited. Oh, that's great. It was really lovely. It, it really was lovely.
0: How was the last push, the last uh, 10 days or so? When did you, you got in on Tuesday. We had spoken on the Thursday before that, so it was right at uh, yeah, 12 days after we spoke.
1: Yeah, um, and I mean... Yeah. So much happens, you know, every section of the journey has had its own particular landscapes and little tiny adventures. Well, we had lots of things happen, actually. First of all, we had proper rain. Okay. Uh, Proper rain, as in it rained. Which we worried about. But by this time, you know, God really smiled on our adventure because by this time we were out of the mountains, the high mountains. Mm Mm-hmm. So we so the rain came in the evening of the first day and we were bivouacked on a high spot because you never bivouac in, in a wedge in a river right. valley for obvious right. reasons for danger but we were bivouacked in a really good spot on a high spot with good drainage and there was a abandoned shepherds enclosure that we put the camels in And we broke out the camel raincoats because the camels, Jean-Pierre made special raincoats for the camels. They are so cute. I I, I just think they're so cute. So the camels all got their raincoats put on and then they huddled. You should have seen them though. They were so miserable. They huddled in their little shepherd's enclosure looking (laughs) really miserable. And we put the tents up and it rained steadily all that night and then all the next day.
0: Wow. And actually... Is that unusual Um,
1: It's good. Everybody, it was the whole of Morocco. And everyone was delighted because it's the right kind of rain. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: It's exactly the kind of rain that people need. You know, um, it soaks into the earth. It doesn't cause flooding. And it's really consistent. So all that needs to happen now is in about five days' time, we did another downpour like that all across the country and we'll be set. So people were very, very happy. Um, But what we did was we actually had a day off. So the guys were like, we've got plenty of time in hand. Walking in this is just going to be miserable. And I'm like, yep, welcome (laughs) to my world in Scotland. But um, so we just parked up, put the big plastic bags over the tents. And we just spent a whole day kind of, you know, doing stuff. And I mean, I was doing work because obviously the end of the expedition, I had to do press releases and stuff. So I just spent the whole day working and the guys got got more and more bored i mean my goodness they kept visiting so they were in the big tent and i'm in my little tent right. and they kept popping over like would you like a glass of tea zahara or <laughs> shall we play some Shall we play draft zahara or <laughs> oh maybe i need to fix the Mika a bit more i mean they get ants in their pants if they're not doing something honestly yeah but so that was it so the rain was one of our adventures um
0: did you have any more and paleontol- that- paleontological Uh, encounters to see any more dinosaur (laughs) things
1: we Um, well i can't remember if after i spoke to you we'd we'd gone yes we did i think after i yes we went back oh in fact after i spoke to you so two things happened one we actually found a brand new site um uh, in one of the weds about three one two three Three days after we'd been to the big site that I described last time, so three days days after we last spoke, as we were walking through one of the river valleys, we found another site. Um, It's completely undocumented. It doesn't exist anywhere. So we took GPS, photos. I sent some off to the Natural History Museum to my contact there. And that is, we discovered that one. That's your
0: discovery. That's fantastic. That's
1: It was. It was really exciting. So we clambered up and down and then we also... Was it as harrowing
0: harrowing to get to as the uh, first one? No,
1: it wasn't. (laughs) It was much easier. I was delighted. I just, you just had to, I mean, it was a bit of hands and feet, but there were no ropes involved. Thank goodness. So, and then we actually, when we bivouacked, when the rain came, because we had a spare day, Mm -hmm. the day before the rain came, we bivouacked in that same place and I went back with Ali and uh, Brahim we left Adi to look after the camels and we got some transport and went back to the first site because um, if you look I put all all of this by the way in my blog alicewarison.co.uk forward slash blog so I put it all in really great detail but we went back because I wanted to find I wanted to do some more exploring and um Hassan Yamami had put the three sites that he'd found in the region up. Mm-hmm. Uh, very clearly on the map with GPS points and markers. And I have put that picture on the blog and I put links and everything so people can go and see it. So we went round and we went round and we went up over the back of that mountain and we went round the river valley basically to the right mm-hmm. um, to see if we could find again some more of our own now that we knew what to look for. Uh- and we found absolutely lo- we found loads. Um, I, found, I found, I think, four different, what well, I think are four different types Really? And, yeah, and Brahim found a really good, two really good sections, going one going vertically up a wall and another one quite far away, horizontally across a wall. So it's, that area is absolutely hooching <laughs> dinosaur prints. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's great. <sighs> but, oh,
0: yeah, good. so
1: I have put it all in my blog and I've put a gallery up and as I say, I've got links to Hassan Yamami's site, and I've got an explanation of where we were, where they were, and so on. So yeah, I'm looking There's at lots it right more now. information on there.
0: Very interesting. Super. There's the infamous juniper tree.
1: Yes, <laughs> there it is. let's not mention the juniper tree
0: so that was it that was
1: that was our other kind of that was part of the adventure and I was very happy with that because I think you know what was really cool for me was to get the chance to explore properly the dinosaur prints and measure them and really have time to look at them and get up really close and personal but then I really did want to find my own and I know that that may sound stupid to people but I did want to and I found it in two different sites I feel Extremely happy with the whole expedition.
0: Yeah, you do have to know what you're looking for because what I'm looking at doesn't look like much of anything.
1: But when you're there, it really does. It does, yeah. And and yeah, it really, really does. When you're there, honestly, because you know, I mean, we spent nine weeks on the road already looking and (laughs) absolutely nothing. (laughs) It's like nothing, nada. So when you see them it is absolutely clear and obvious what they are so mm-hmm. that was very good and also as I say I sent them off to um Susanna Maidman at the National History Museum to have, Natural History Museum as well to have a look so very cool and so my blood di- is quite up on dinosaurs I'm quite into it now
0: you really are yes being, being a knows? discoverer and all
1: well I think the joy of Morocco is you can discover I mean we say we discovered them I'm not saying that no other human on earth had ever seen them because you know shepherds but nobody in the village knows really about that site and the the area we passed on the way to the other site I mean it was a very empty area anyway there were very few people there but I'm not to say that a shepherd might not have looked up and gone oh there's a hole in the wall he might have or she might have
0: (laughs) <laughs> it looks like a lot like a hole in the wall. Oh, well, fake. So Honestly. more dinosaur tracks. Then what mm-hmm. else did you do? Mm-hmm. What else was fun? Well,
1: the, I think the other, a the, the couple of very nice bits. I mean, I think what was really lovely for me was even though we're so near the end of the expedition, on like the fourth last day, we passed the most beautiful village I have ever seen in the Atlas Mountains. And I've seen quite a few. And it's that element of surprise when you're exploring and doing things on foot, because you'll be walking over kind of a, a type of landscape that you've walked a lot of, you know, stony, rolling hills. You'll come up to a crest and then suddenly in front of us was this paradise of a valley with mulberry trees and, and beautiful red caspers and, you know, stripy mountains and a, and a glorious kind of cloud-filled sky. And it just it's that element of surprise that really keeps you going because every, every day there's something that you don't expect. And that was, (laughs) that was one of them. Um, It's a very unpronounceable village, but I did put a picture of it up on my Instagram. So have a look at that Alice out there one. And it's so pretty, I mean, really so pretty. So that was another, you know, reinforced to me the value of these things because you just, don't know what's going to happen next.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, in that village as well, it's a very interesting thing, I well, I think it's very interesting, is uh, the use of caves as um, storehouses for the villagers.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And obviously this dates back, but there were these caves very high up in a cliff wall, but there was a tiny track up to them. And basically each cave, one family owned that cave and they would keep their grain and their valuables in there. And, of course, there's a history of tribal warfare in this region. So when one of the marauding tribes would come through, that's where they would put all their goods and then they would guard it. But to see them, you're like, how did they get up there? Because, you know, it's another another dinosaur climbing experience. But when I looked very carefully, there was actually a a tiny path wending its way up, but really only big enough for a person. So they had to lug everything up themselves. And that included the grain for the village Mm -hmm. to store them. Um, so I found that very interesting. And they call them Agadirs. And there's a very famous place in Morocco called Agadir. Yeah, Agadir. But Agadir, mm-hmm. yeah, it means a, a storehouse, a, oh. a place where you store things. So we saw lots of those in the cliffs. And we had a very close call with a, a very long snake, about a meter and a half, uh, which was dozing. We'd, we'd gone to park above a series of um dugout caves people still use caves all the time sure um the nomads use the caves all the time for their flocks but also for them to stay in so they dig them out and they put in you know ceiling props um and we were parked above on top of this section but when we got to to the caves, there was this huge snake just in the sun, and Adi was like, I'm going to kill it, I'm going to kill it. Snakes are dangerous. But we stopped him because it wasn't doing any harm to us, you know, and we knew it would leave when we arrived, which it did. But it's a bit intimidating because it was very long.
0: What kind of um,
1: snake? Uh, well, Jean Pierre sent me the French word, which was, I think, Coulard, which when I translated it on Google Translate means snake. <laughs>
0: Okay.
1: <laughs> so the jury's still out on that one, but I actually on the celebration party in Waziza a a very um proficient Moroccan naturalist and or- ornithologist mm-hmm. came to greet us and he also speaks wonderful English and he, he was quizzing he's so desperate to know exactly what we saw and where. So I've got his WhatsApp number and over the next couple of weeks I'm gonna send him pictures of what we saw and where we saw it. Because he, he's documenting it all for a project. I mm-hmm. So um, I shall ask him what the snake was and see if I can get to the bottom of it. I don't think it was a poisonous one. It's, you know, it, the, the vipers and the adders are poisonous, but I think these long ones are okay.
0: Oh, well. <laughs> snake. Yes. <laughs> okay, so you had a reptile. Uh, you had ancient reptiles, modern reptiles, beautiful villages. Yes. And then yes. how did the camels f- finish up? Were they good?
1: Wow, they're in such good nick now. They are all fat as florns. Oh, they've good. eaten their way across Morocco. Yeah, we, we fed, the, I mean, I was talking to John it, and he budgeted a lot more for their feed mm-hmm. um, because he knew they'd be, you know, we all know what the situation is with corona and the drought. So they've fattened up. They got fed a lot on the journey, and they also got grazing because we were going through Lots of different parts of the country, mm-hmm. so they're all really fat. They're all. Last time I saw them was yesterday, and they're parked at Jean Pierre's uncle's house. His uncle lives about three doors away, basically in his backyard. Okay. And they're they're just being fed hay and water, so they're happy as Larry.
0: So they're they're now they're done for a while. They won't have any. They don't have any other things uh, booked or other jobs to do right now. Or you don't know.
1: It's Corona. Nobody uh- can. You know, nobody, uh, nobody's traveling. Do
0: hmm.
1: Normally, I mean, what they are going to do is um, Ali and Brahim and Addi, and all, Ali's got three kids and Brahim's got five kids wow. and Jean-Pierre's got five daughters. They're all going to go and camp on, back on the barrage. So they're going to take, while well, they've got the camels here, they're going to take them and all the kids and have a couple of nights camping just to show the kids what their dads do. I think oh, it's a lovely that's idea. The,
0: that's great. Oh, that's yeah. A, yeah. okay. Yeah. That's fantastic. Yeah.
1: Because I was amazed. Brahim had never brought his boys to see the camels ever. And he brought them yesterday. And I got to meet three of the boys who are all absolutely delicious. <laughs> and they'd got to meet the camels and sit on the camel. And they were so excited. It's, it's really nice. I think it's such a nice idea to have a kind of family outing, you know.
0: Sure. Yeah. And now you're on your way home. You're a couple a couple of hours away from home now.
1: I am, and you can probably hear the call to prayer just I going do on hear behind the call me. To prayer. Mm-hmm. So it's oh, it's getting late in the day. Yes, I underestimated the time it was going to take to drive, but I'm just taking it easy because I'm 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 quite tired. I'll be honest, I am quite tired.
0: Uh, like falling asleep driving, tired or
1: no, no, more just, just... generally the. I think with an expedition, I was trying to explain it to somebody the other day, I think what you do at the very beginning of an expedition, you take a big breath, Mm -hmm. and then you, a kind of big mental and emotional breath, and you're slightly holding it all the way to the end of the expedition, and then when you, because right at the very, you know, until you finish, things can happen, that you, things can go wrong, so you have to keep your focus,
0: you
1: just do all of us not just me all of the men said exactly the same and then once you let it out you're kind of like a balloon that all the air goes out of you just go <laughs> yes. so i'm kind of a deflated balloon at the moment
0: mm-hmm. yeah i know i just I'm not not in an expedition way but you know i went to i was uh, doing the one act play festival in germany 10 days ago same yeah, thing. Yeah. <laughs> you, know, you do 12 or 13 shows in two days wow. at the end of that. Yeah, you just the air just goes out. It takes me a week to recover.
1: Yeah, well, I, I mean, I think it's, it's exactly the same thing, Vic. So, you know, exactly how I feel. I'm, I'm the deflated balloon. It's a bit yeah. sad.
0: Yeah, then I get to, and then again, I get to drive uh, because of COVID. I drove down. I didn't fly this time. So I drove all the way to Kaiserslautern. It's a 14 hour drive.
1: Oh my goodness, I've only got five hours and I'm knackered.
0: Yeah, <laughs> enough. It's enough. Fourteen
1: so. is too long.
0: I split it into two parts. Yeah, very wise. I go halfway yeah. and then, except on the way yeah. down, I drove it all in one, one shot on the way down. Anyway, that's neither here nor there. You're going to get to go home. Have you told your family at home you're coming back? Do they
1: know? Yes, yes. They've, I've had various WhatsApp messages with lots of heart and unicorn emojis, which I think means they're excited to see me. Um, and I brought I've brought lots of presents. I, we stopped off in the Rose Valley. Mm-hmm. Um, actually, when we went to do our, we, we had transport because we had a we did a little a zip, zip out of the bivouac and back. Um, and so I bought rose water and rose water soap for the women all made in the local area because it's the Valley of the Roses uh, and they make um, natural products, obviously, from the roses. So I've got gifts and I'm very much looking forward to seeing Squeaky.
0: I was going to say, how's the kitty doing? Who's who's the, who's the Who's doing kitty care?
1: Fatima, Fatima's uh. doing kitty care my landlady and la- every single time I've come back from Expedition, Squeaky has been enormously fat because <laughs> <laughs> Fatima just gives her as much food as she wants, which is a lot so we'll see, but if, if the last two have been anything to go by Squeaky will be on a diet as of tomorrow
0: <laughs> Oh poor Squeaky Oh, don't uh, be too no, sorry. She's spoiled no, rotten. That no, cat. Oh, I don't know. You know, we are sneaking into that magic thirty-minute time window here. Um, well, we need to talk about what we're going to do in two weeks.
1: I think we do. So, Vic and I have very exciting news. We have decided to bring our first season to a close. Have we not? We have. Um, it will be our thirtieth episode. Thank you, Vic, for being such a star.
0: You are more than welcome. I'm glad to help.
1: It's wonderful. And I thought we thought what we would do is um, anyone who's got any questions at all about any of the expeditions, because, you know, you've, you've stuck with me through two of them, Sahara and the Atlas and the dries up there on my blog. Any any questions at all from to sponsorship to what we eat to how i go to the loo i don't care what you could ask anything you like or any aspects of life in morocco go for it i'll put a i'll put a couple of things up on twitter and instagram and facebook just to get some questions in and then vic is going to choose his favorites are you vic
0: <laughs> yes i am <laughs> <laughs>
1: policy making on the hoof is what that's called <laughs> that's <right>. um <laughs> bit like our government oh um yeah so any questions and then we'll wrap the season i think what do yes. you think Vic?
0: yeah and we're going to take a pause until the uh, after the first of the year
1: yeah 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 i think it's a good idea give us all a break
0: yeah there's some traveling to do have guys well we'll see i don't know i don't think i'm going anywhere now Oh really? you uh, staying at home? Well, yeah, they kind of, kind of have to. We had things planned to go into Germany and get things done down there, but that's not uh, going to happen. Yeah,
1: yeah. It in looks fact, like Euro- Europe's in meltdown again.
0: We just got another ship here in town today. Um, yeah. Total surprise! This great big fjord line ship just pulled in, and the, the town is full of ships. All sitting really? there with nothing to do.
1: Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, oh, yeah. I thought you might. I thought you meant maybe there were passengers, no passengers.
0: Oh, no, 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 no. They're just parked. They're just looking for a good place to park. So, yeah. So this is a big harbor and there's, uh, and we have really good logistical services for the ship. So we, we got a lot of them, but before we, we bid you adieu until next time, we need to mention your wonderful sponsors. I think we really do foot three expeditions on, on foot sore and well yep. protected all the way through
1: yeah so my two sponsors um for this expedition have been Craghoppers, hoppers who make a fantastic hiking kit and i can say that because i have worn their kit every single day actually and it just wears brilliantly and it's really comfortable and even when you see the pictures of me in a long robe Underneath that robe, I'm wearing hiking tights and a hiking top, a wicking top. Um, So I totally recommend their kit. Their winter range is just coming out. Have a look at it. And then I'm also sponsored by Entity Data UK diversity and inclusion team. And I would just like to say a massive thank you to them for following my journey and for being so proactive with their own policies On diversity and inclusion they're a huge city firm they do data management they do insurance they do all sorts of exciting things but they really care about the makeup of their team and they care about how their people are looked after so it's a real privilege for me to have those two companies who have supported me from the draw through the sahara and right into the atlas And I think the last thing I have to mention is one more sponsor, which is Epic Morocco, who sponsored me for the Dry Expedition. That was incredibly helpful. And of course, I love Epic Morocco because Charlie, my big mate, runs it. And I think they're a brilliant company. And really, before we finish, I just have to say for the record, guys, if you are thinking of going to Morocco and you want to do a walking trip, an exploring trip, Jean-Pierre, Dardes, Desiré Montagne, who organized Mine Is Your Man, you, you cannot beat him you just can't for knowledge experience uh and you would get to walk with the camels and with the team so that
0: sounds like fun
1: yeah and i, I mean my recommendation because you know realistically most people can't afford to take seven and a half months off work so <laughs> <laughs> realistically but you can do like a two a two weeker it's kind of a 10 day to two weeks would get you a part of the expedition and it would be, I guarantee you, it would be one of the best experiences of your life
0: I'll keep that in mind Um, I probably have the time I don't know if I have the money but I don't know that I can walk for two weeks give it a try Well, I walk every day his
1: his prices are extremely reasonable and no, I mean in terms of fitness (laughs) it's very very doable for anybody It's, it's very doable for anybody and the thing about it is it's a very steady rhythm so once you get into it, which will take you a day, you're mm-hmm. in it. And then it's actually very relaxing because you know exactly what you're going to be doing all day. You know, you have a real wow. system and you just you are free to just enjoy where you are. I think it's I do think it's a gift. I do think that that kind of freedom is a gift.
0: Sounds lovely. Well, I'd also it's- want to thank all the people who subscribe. Um, if you yes, could, um, Yeah. If you give us a rating on iTunes, that would be great uh that really does help to get more people interested in the show and even though we will be taking a short break it's uh we want everyone to continue to subscribe and and stay listening so thank you to them. Yeah.
1: all right that is very well said yes in two weeks two weeks Send us in your questions. I think you all know where we are on social media. My links are up there because poor old Vic had to pretend to be lots of people on Facebook to get them, didn't you, Vic? <laughs> yes, I did. <laughs> <laughs> because he, I can share with you guys, he's given up social media, so he had I to have. retake it. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: So my links are all up there. Send your questions in and we'll, we'll put them in. Be lovely to hear what, It'd be lovely to hear what you want to know.
0: Good. And lovely to talk to you in two weeks, okay? Looking forward to it. All right. Bye-bye.
1: Bye bye. Bye.